Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode. We've got another guest in the basement tonight. Um, we're going to use first names only, just so there's no identifying information, um, in case any crazies are out there. Uh, Stephanie, who is uh, credentials LMSW, basically, uh, uh, Master's in Social Work, licensed uh, Master's in Social Work, uh, worked in the mental health field for 16 years, um, as a uh, mental health therapist, uh, has done therapy uh, with individuals, worked in the foster care system, uh, worked for the state, and also uh, has experience with addiction and uh, survivors of intimate violence. So she's very well uh, versed in the topic we want to discuss today, and it's a topic Mike and I have talked about before. Um, we pretty much primarily talked about the mental effects uh of the covid situation and the various stages of it so we we've had uh the masks masks for adults masks for kids we've also had uh various stages of lockdown or um uh restrained movement uh restrained gatherings and we had been trying to figure out what what the mental health toll on the general population would be for these things, and it wasn't going to be something we'd see probably right away, but now that we're about two, two and a half years in, um, obviously, you and you and I, might we're not going to know professionally. Like we can no. speculate. We could kind of figure things out a little bit, but this was something that we had talked about bringing a professional in. And luckily, luckily, we were able to get Stephanie in here. Um, and so we'll we'll talk about that today. Uh, but talking about protecting, uh, protecting identity is we're only using first names here. Uh, we can go, you can go on our website at, uh, dumbideapodcast.com. Go ahead and click on that private internet access link. Go ahead and get yourself a, a, a VPN to hide your identity or your, your identifying characteristics that you use online, or even if you don't want to be tracked online. If you go into your Google searches, you know, you go search Superman and all of a sudden you got 35 ads for Superman underwear or your underwear all of a sudden, and, you know, now you're getting Superman <laughs> t-shirts, Superman movies all in your, your, uh, your search results. And well, to get rid of that, you can use something like a VPN, which encrypts your data. And it's also more, very important to uh, use a VPN to protect your credit card data. And I've talked about this before. A lot of people are using their debit cards online. Uh, unfortunately, if someone gets access to your debit card, they have access to all your cash. At least with the credit card companies, you've got some protection a little bit as far as fraudulent purchases. But debit cards are a little bit different. Uh, you do have some protection there, but it, why not take the extra step yourself, be proactive, get a VPN, uh, and sign up for one today. For as little as $2.50 a month, go to private internet access. Uh, you can go there through the link on our website, dumbideapodcast.com. Click on that link. We do get a little bit of a commission on that, so it would help us out. We also have the donate link on the page if you want to help support the the podcast uh, for as little as a dollar. 
Well, uh, you can buy us a cup of coffee. So that'd be great. A dollar a month will support these poor, uh, poor podcasters right. in the basement. Well, it'll help us orphans <laughs> in in the basement of coffee. Um, all right. So we were talking about the mental health. Uh, that's what we want to talk about. Uh, want to welcome Stephanie. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me here tonight. I'm very excited to talk to you, both of you and also anybody else that's listening. So I'm very excited to be here. Well, so I guess one of the things, and I don't even know where we want to start with kids or we want to start with adults. Where do you want to go with this? Well, let's, uh, so, so we, like you said, we mentioned the kids. Yeah. We also mentioned the impact of uh, people just being sequestered amongst, you know, and then having nothing but access of pure fear porn getting pumped into their heads. So, and then a lot of people are probably already on shaky mental health ground anyway. So I guess we just kind of go in overall, like what, since the pandemic started, have you seen a, an increase in people seeking um, services or has it not been and people probably should be? Um, for the most part, on you know, I think there has been a, a huge increase of people that have never experienced anxiety or depression are now feeling that way. Um, like I've had, I've had experiences with clients where they have this, so much anxiety just leaving their house and they never did before, you know, all the things they used to enjoy to do now they can't even do it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it has isolated, isolated them even more. And the people that have already been diagnosed with like depression, anxiety, those emotions and feelings have increased because when we tell people that are depressed, you know, go out, go do stuff, keep yourself busy, be around people. And now with everything going on, no, be you can't be around people. You <laughs> so have to one, be isolated. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> so the, the one thing you would tell people yes. to do, now you can't. You can't don't even do tell that. them. Wait, don't do that or do yes. it via Zoom. You, now you can't be around people at all. Ugh. And I know? hate Zoom. <laughs> I, they're gonna, they're, I, don't sue me, Zoom, but I much prefer face-to-face than, yes. than Zoom or Teams or Google Meet or... FaceTime or whatever it's just not the same so it's not the same but thank goodness we have those those resources out there you know like video chat and zoom where we they still have that connection Mm -hmm. and they can you know now you know the beautiful thing about the whole telehealth is that even after all whatever this the new norm is or whatever happens that will still be available you know I think that's a big thing. And I think that's huge when you think about, you know, I've had situations where people aren't aren't able to come in, you know, come in the office for a session because either they have transportation issues or ch- or childcare issues or, you know, I've had I've had clients where I have a session in their car during lunch break, mm-hmm. during their lunch break at work. You know, so some people have reached out and been able to get help and treatment now more than ever than they did before because mm-hmm. of those maybe those restraints i know me personally so when i went back into therapy last year all of my visits since then have been via uh telehealth mm-hmm. um the guy uses uh, the website doxy.me mm-hmm. which I, it's a pretty popular one when my wife was doing uh therapy for children speech therapy she was doing it over google meets and that was one of the hurdles she had because she had always thought about going into private practice and 
her hesitation was, well, how am I going to do this over the internet? Or yeah, would I be able to start up? And since she was kind of forced to do it for her employer, she was. it gave her confidence that if she ever had to, she could go do it. So I think telehealth, I mean, aside from therapy, I mean, I think I've done like some urgent care visits yep. via telehealth. Yeah. So I didn't have to go out of the house. Like it was nice. Yeah. Like I felt like garbage and I didn't have to go out of the house. Yeah. I yeah. did, I did a, a checkup with just with my primary via zoom or whatever it was that we use. I just, I call it all zoom. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm gonna be like one of those old guys that says the Facebook mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on, on the line. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, what, uh, what was that movie? I forgot. Was it, uh, the intern it wasn't the intern was it oh you're the you're the cinephile not it, me it was the one with uh, vince vaughn and owen wilson oh yes yeah they yes go to, they go the to intern google. the intern yeah. yes go to go, and vince vaughn google. comes up so i want to take this i just want to put it on the line yeah <laughs> you mean online on the line yeah <laughs> yeah yeah That's That's a great great movie. i'm gonna be yeah. on the zoom yeah <laughs> on the zoom yep. now my first ever you know because i started getting some anxiety issues after my mother died and my first one ever was via Zoom. And the thing is, everyone has this preconceived notion of what therapy is. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I was going to go and like lay on a couch. And then some <laughs> dude that looked like Sigmund Freud was going to be saying, oh, is this very, very TV interesting. TV did that. TV mm-hmm. made Writing it seem like Writing stuff down. And like I'd have a box of <laughs> tissues next to me. So some yeah. guy's sweater vest. Yep. Right, there was some yep. lady. Cardigan. Yeah. Yep. But no, there was some lady. She was wearing like a hoodie. Yeah. On, <laughs> TV and then like her cat would like jump on the thing and like she'd be like oh sorry about my cat yeah and I'm like you know and I'm in my basement so you know that was kind of weird um, I prefer in person though yeah in person is is so I think you miss some of you miss some of like the nonverbal cues and body language of 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 people when especially when you're doing type of therapy in person rather than what you're doing through zoom or you know any kind of telehealth um so i know for myself i would prefer in person mm-hmm. because i like to do like art directives and do something more interactive um and see how they're really doing right you know i think in telehealth think about it, you can only see them you know their their head and part of their because yeah, you, your body you I, don't really see I, the yeah, whole thing <laughs> you miss you miss you know body language you like, do you, you know really if you do. say something that takes someone back like they'll physically move back from you that's where the term taking aback comes yeah from. it's but it, you miss that in that you miss posturing and you miss you an know, interaction yeah that you know and i think that's a whole part of therapy is them feeling comfortable with you and putting that guard you know taking that guard down yeah you know because i know I always say going to therapy is probably one of the hardest, but probably the the most um, brave thing to do because you're talking about things you don't usually talk about, or your Jody Laundry, or or things that you normally don't talk about, and you're talking to a stranger, yeah. someone that's not in your support network, not your family member, not your civic other. You're talking to a stranger, you know, and it, that's that could be scary. Yeah, you know, part of it's nice though. And the reason why I say that is because for any of the Catholics out there. The Catholic old, the, guilt. Well, but but there was also the confession. <laughs> yes, and, that's true. And they always did it where you went into the booth, the the pastor or priest went into the other side of the booth, and they had the thing, the, the slider. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't see you. You couldn't see them. And there was the comfort of 
confessing or having therapy talking to you knew it wasn't a stranger and the priest could probably tell who you were by the your voice if they knew you well enough Mm -hmm. but there was still the barrier there which sometimes i think can make someone open up a little bit more yes i i've been in and out of therapy since i was 16 years old so i'm not because i do it for a living but i am a huge believer in it because i think it's i think everyone at one time in their life should go see a therapist at least once because it's someone outside of your out it's someone that's neutral someone that could give you you know suggestions and kind of just somewhere you can vent like a safe place where you can vent and they're not gonna judge you they're not gonna you know they just see it differently you know and i I just think at one time or another, you should at least one per, you know, one time in your life. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's kind of move a little bit forward in the timeline. So everyone, so people were dealing with new restrictions mm-hmm. and now I'm going to skip the middle. We're going to go to the end or to now where the restrictions are starting to be lifted, but you still see people very hesitant to return back to normal. Now, in this state, where, I mean, everyone knows we're in Maryland, we didn't have the res- uh, as bad of restrictions as some other places like New York and California, like New York now. Uh, well, I guess we're on par with New York as far as kids and masks in schools. But even, like, we haven't had to wear masks in buildings other than, like, one one week this past month. But for the most part, we've been no masks for a while. Um, other places haven't. And now, now that people are able to go out without masks, even around here, I see people going into businesses with masks on. Um, I see people riding their bikes outside with masks. Well, that too. I mean, but I don't think there's any hope for those people. <laughs> no. Or, or in the their pe- car by themselves. Yeah, or the people in their car by themselves. Like they're afraid they're going to get it from, yeah. you know, someone's exhaust yeah. coming through the car. <laughs> um, or, or as our, our fun, uh, Example of the breath wake from oh, yeah. from the single file line that someone was opposed to because yeah. they were afraid someone would walk into someone else's breath that was left there for them. Like get the get out of here with that nonsense. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but how hard is it going to be for some of these people to let go of the crutch or the safety blanket that is the mask or? You know, some people still won't go out to restaurants. No. Or or there are some people, and we talked about this before, like my mother, like she doesn't want to go inside and sit with other people that haven't been vaccinated because mm-hmm. she's afraid she's more likely to get it from them. Even though she's gotten you know, her first and second shot, she got COVID mm-hmm. even after that. And she's going, I think she went and got a booster. And she's still worried that if she sits down next to someone who hasn't been vaccinated... And she's down in Florida, so there's a lot of them that she's more likely to catch it. And I'm like, you're going to be all right. You've got your you've got your protection. You've got your armor on. It doesn't matter. Even if even if you might be a little bit more likely to catch it from them, because if we talked about this, it's like having more uh, more sugar in the Kool Aid. It's a little more potent. <laughs> yeah. If if someone if someone uh, got COVID. That didn't have the the power to, or didn't have the vaccine or whatever to fight it. They might have more of the virus in them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a thing, but some people say that's a thing. Um, but someone like my mother, who maybe she she's willing to let go of the mask a little bit, 
but now she doesn't like she's like she, she told me she's like I think I have the right to ask if the people I'm going to be with are vaccinated or not. And I was like that's not how this works. I don't think you can. I don't think that's appropriate. But that's two differing opinions. I know there are some people on her side that agree with that statement. But so I guess it goes but it goes back to the point. When are people going to let go of that blanket? Like the Linus blankie. I think it's I think there's so much gray to that. I think and I think it also is case by case and you know, um, you know, for example, your mom, it's it's really when she feels comfortable, you know, and that might take baby steps. That might take, you know, um, because I do think there there are people out there that do fear that, you know, do fear and that that's they don't want to let go of that secure blanket. And they're, you know, I think at anything you get comfortable somewhere, it's hard to change it. You know, if you are so used to for so long how things have been and they've been like this for what three years now no, two years yeah, two I, and a half years so like i know like I, I and everyone knows like i i kind of stopped taking COVID seriously in may of 2020 so <laughs> but i was kind of two been, months in i've been yeah two I, weeks stop I, I spread them out yeah. done thanks I gave two months yeah i'm good <laughs> <laughs> but the with the uh I think there's some people that it fit their worldview. Yeah. But I know that, like, if there's something I really don't want to do, oh, so I'm afraid of COVID. Like, no, I know you. You're not afraid of COVID. You just don't want to go. (laughs) Let's try. You're coming. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, for if it, someone who's already on that shaky ground, that shaky mental health position, whatever that may be, whether it's depression, anxiety, it's Maybe. 10 times worse. And then they want to, now you're giving them an excuse. Yeah, it's. To, oh, you have to wear a mask. You can yeah, sit inside. You don't have to go anywhere. And I, in my layman's opinion, and for my, I'm kind of thinking like, there are some people that are probably thinking, you know what? This works for me. Yes. I don't have to, I have an excuse. It's almost like cover. Especially if people that have major social anxiety, this is like. This is their ideal so situation, right? yeah. you know, because there's that whole fear of being around a lot of people. Now they're it's like they have to stay away. Yeah. You know, um, but it also it, it it kind of also there's a lot of great to because it's it's also keeping them in that position. You know, a lot of times when someone has social anxiety, you know, we you know, we tell, you know, we suggest them to go and try to challenge there. Right. You Almost like, I mean? what is it, exposure therapy? Yeah. Like, if you're afraid of airplanes, like, go to the airplane. Yeah, step by step. Do one thing at a time. Sit in the airplane. Yeah, and, then, and see how you feel. Yeah. You know, do one thing at a time. Like, if, you know, like, I've, I've suggested clients, if, if they do have that social anxiety, know where there's always an exit. Wherever you go, you know, mm-hmm. if, okay, if you go into a family gathering and there's a lot of people around, you know, okay, give yourself time that maybe you're only going to be there for an hour, you know, or you drive yourself. <laughs> yeah. So you have an exit right. if you need to go or, or take a lot of breaks, go to the bathroom, wash your hands, take a deep breath, you know, like it's kind find, of probably worth smoking cigarettes. Yeah, smoking. Handy. Exactly. <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Separate yourself from the situation for a little bit. If you need to go outside and take a deep breath and go back inside, like find things, coping skills, mm-hmm. things that can help you get through situations yeah. like like that. But then when you gave him the COVID 
excuse. Now it's, ah, there's still COVID. And there are still people who are very much like, because I think most, well, most people I know anyway have kind of come around to where I'm at. Like, okay, I'm done <laughs> yeah. with this. I've been done with this. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe I not have been done with it for as long as I've been done with it. Mm. But, are now, but I guess they're probably, but there are still people there who are like, you know, no, they're going to wear their mask to, you know, ride mm-hmm. their bike by mm-hmm. themselves outside. Well, so, but I mean, how much of it is people reintegrating into society? Because you know, remember, and I'll I'll just use our state as an example. All of last school year, kids were home. Mm-hmm. Most people that could were teleworking. So yep. you, so not only did you. I don't want to use the word isolate because our kids obviously weren't isolated. Our kids were playing with each other. Yeah. But there were plenty of people who went by the letter of the rule and said, okay, my kids aren't leaving the house. I'm not leaving the house. And now all of a sudden, okay, not all of a sudden, but over like the last six, seven months, a lot of stuff got relaxed. And... Now these people have to reintegrate basically like back into society. I mean, they, you, you took a year out from them having any, well, not any, but most interaction with human beings. And you could probably speak to this. I've heard that there have definitely been some behavioral issues within children in this year back at school. So 20, uh, 2021 to 2022, our kids were back in school. But 2020 to 2021, they were at home. And from some of the teachers that I've talked to, they're saying the kids' behaviors are not uh, age-typical right now. Mm -hmm. They're saying a lot of them are emotionally and socially behind. Yeah, they regressed from not being around, you know, because as you know with – children being in the schools it's not just about the education right. you know it's about them interacting with their peers and forming friendships and you know there's so much to do with that of that growth and of them not being around those children you know is is a very regression and you know as children and you know both of you having children know children don't know how to regulate their emotions so they they use their behaviors mm-hmm. you know what they know either acting out you know, because they don't know how to regulate their emotions. So there is more behavior issues in the school system that maybe students that never had a behavior issue, now they're starting to in that environment because they don't they don't know how to respond to the environment. Mm. You know, they're used to being at home. They're used to you know, especially I think it it's um I think it is a a disservice when a child's an only child. Right. You know, um when they don't have that interaction with peers. You know, um, so I think it, I think there is a lot of, and, and actually right now in the school systems, they're in need of having more, you know, psych, you know, social workers in the school system and, and more of that mental health part because they are, the teachers are, the school system are seeing such a decrease and such an increase in their behaviors related to, well, to Ms. this. Special ed was severely underfunded to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Move, we're moving the mic a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the, the the special ed, and I only I know this because my wife works in uh, in that area, not necessarily in direct special ed, but she works with some kids that that need help. Um, 
in it was even be, even before COVID happened, and a lot of people retired, and a lot of people did retire, mm-hmm. and that's something that isn't spoken about enough. Um, but there were too few therapists in the school, in the elementary schools. There were too few counselors in the schools, too few speech therapists in the schools. They 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 just didn't have enough to serve certain populations of these schools. I mean, like the elementary school our kids go to has 750 kids. You've got one SLP, one or two special educators, and one school counselor. Yeah. You got one for 750 kids. Yeah, and a lot of them don't even, you know, they work in mobile schools. Yeah. Well, you know, it, that another that's another a, factor too. So my wife, she when she first started with the county, she was in one school, one elementary school full-time, that was it. Now, she's in two schools. And they wanted her to be in three. And she's like, what am I going to do in three schools? Like, I got to do IEP meetings. I got to do therapy services. I got to do screenings. She goes, if one school does a single day for meetings, and I only have one day at that school, what am I going to do with the other stuff? Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't just, I mean, it, it's not just speech therapists. but So, before all this happened there were issues with staffing and providing appropriate services. Then you take into effect all the retirements from COVID. Um, some teachers didn't want to deal with the online school. Some teachers did it and then retired because they thought it was awful and they didn't want to do it again. Others just said, hey, look, I got my 30 years in. I'm realizing I don't need the money. I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I know with the county, they used to have a full roster a speech pathologist, full roster. They didn't have any openings. Now they have 12 openings. That's a lot of positions that you lost there. A lot, And it wasn't the position. They got funding. They just yeah. don't have, They're vacants. They're vacant. Yeah. And, and there's not a lot of them out there. So you're fighting for every other county with every other county for those small group of people. And the, the other weird thing about these school systems is they're not like corporate America where they know how to to go out and recruit people. Mm-mm. That's the school systems do. I mean, it's funny. Like we're looking for a new superintendent, a new superintendent. They hired a search firm to go find one. Yeah. Well, but, Maryland has, this is a little bit off topic. You'll learn about this show is that we meander. Yeah. We're never going to stay on topic. <laughs> um, talk about ice cream later. I don't yeah. know. Hey, you <laughs> never know, right? Going. Whatever comes up. But, Maryland, I think there's 26 counties in Maryland and yep. 10 superintendent vacancies throughout the state. Yeah. So these these guys, these dudes and these ladies are going to be like, uh, put a couple more zeros on that check. Let's put some what is it? Put some respect on that check. That's right. <laughs> so and, and yeah. these guys only. This is not small pay either. No, these are like. I, I think mean, ours was getting what 400 grand. Yeah. Plus car, plus living expenses. Yeah. Plus, and the 400 grand was what you could take home. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't what he had. He didn't pay, pay for anything else. But yeah, so it's and when you have vacancies, and it's all across government has vacancies when you in all the different sectors of government, and then the private sector too. But I think the government's slow to realize that, like the school system thinks that they're just competing against the school, the other school system. So Anne Arundel thinks that they're just competing against probably Baltimore County, PG County, Howard, Montgomery, Calvert, Queen, the the board. The mm-hmm. but what they don't realize is that. They're competing not just locally, regionally, statewide, nationally, nationally, and then even across 
industries. Mm-hmm. Because if you come out and you're, you, you, maybe you have a, you're a, a speech and language there, you know, uh, pathologist or therapist, whatever they're called, but you can get hired in the private sector making three times the money and work from home doing it. Like, why would you go work for the school making what the school pays? Mm-hmm. The last 10 years, though, a lot of these places didn't have to worry about that because there were more workers and jobs. Yeah. But now when, when we talk about this, it, I believe there were 5 million jobs lost over the COVID situation. 2.5 million of those, though, were retirees who were not coming back. Yeah. So you lost them permanently. Mm-hmm. And some of these people did the jobs that nobody really wants to do. Like it's not like the teaching profession is just is is just getting a wave of new people in every year. People don't want to be teachers anymore. Yeah, because they hear about the nonsense. Yeah, and some of it's like some of the nonsense is justified because just like in any other industry, there are some crap teachers out there. Mm-hmm. But the good ones are leaving, and that and that's what always happens. Like it's not the good. It's not the it's not the good employees that stay. The good employees leave because there's other opportunities mm-hmm. for them. They can go get something. And right now, with all the job openings there, the private sector is gobbling anybody up that they can find. Oh, yeah. Because they can't find anyone either. Right. So, like, for example, my wife, she she used to just get, like, an email a week about openings. Mm-hmm. She gets two phone calls a week and at least three emails from recruiters trying to get her to leave. Yeah. And every time she's like, oh, I'm not looking for a job. But one of those days she might be, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. The, the, that, that check has more zeros yeah. on it. That's, <laughs> it's got some more respect on that check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the in the mental health field, have you seen a, a fewer colleagues or more colleagues leaving? Um, like, are you busier now because of because you have an increase in, in patients? Yes. And then so, is there a, a decrease in staff? that you're dealing with yes because right now the need is is all over Mm -hmm. for you know mental health therapists and every aspect right now with what's going on you know the need is very high but also it can be very competitive as well um you know and and a lot of jobs are you know they want to work from home um you know seven you know five days a week um so that's also some, you know, like my job that I have now, like they, they want you in the office, even if, you know, I see most of my clients on through telehealth, you know, there's some clients that I see in person, mm-hmm. you know, so they do want that body in the office, yeah. you know, um, even if they're telehealth. So yeah, there's been a definitely a, an increase, like we have, you know, um, a lot of more, you know, clients in or in a lot of returning clients too, you know, that I haven't seen in years come back mm-hmm. because of all this. Yeah. You know, well, that's like me. I went to therapy. I think it was like 10 years ago, roughly just went back last year. So I mean, there was that nine, eight, eight, nine year gap. Good I, for you to go back. I went back. You know, I don't know if I like the guy though. Oh, and know. that's it. And I, <laughs> and I think that's a bit, if anything I could tell to anybody that is thinking about going to therapy, having, someone that you feel comfortable with and having, you know, that's, that's probably one of the, so important because if you don't feel comfortable with the person, you don't, you're not going to get anything out of it. No, now 
you guys don't take it personally, do you? No. Because, like, like, I, I definitely. Guy, like, we screw him. No. Like, like, <laughs> I got to get out of here because you freak me out. You know, like, I would rather, to be honest, because I think it's, it would be a disservice. You know, you're you're coming in to get help and you want to, you know, if, if there's a client that doesn't connect with me of anything, I'd want to help them find someone that will be connected, that can connect with them and they feel comfortable. So, no, I don't. When I first started, I did. Let's mm-hmm. be real. I did take it personal. I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> like, why don't this person like me? Why but did they love me? I, and then <laughs> on, the, on the flip side, though, like, I'm a softie. So I'd be like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Like, she's a nice lady. Oh, or the <laughs> other way where because I am a therapist, I am even more um, picky about a therapist for myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it like when a wait, when a, when a waitress goes to a restaurant? Yes. And like, Oh yes. <laughs> I'm this very, wrong, this wrong? I'm, I'm very like, because I know what they're supposed to be doing and, you know, and, and I've also learned what not to do mm-hmm. from going to a, you know, going to my share of therapists that I did not feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's really crucial. And coming to see somebody I know is hard, but I think it's definitely beneficial. That's part of the reason why I don't switch, though. So, I think I went through two others before I met this guy. He's a nice guy. Like he, my thing is like I don't know if what he's doing is working so well. Um, not that I don't like him. I think he's I think he's a fine person. It's just that my wife is like, has he done anything like? has anything really changed in the year? Like, cause there was, there were particular things that I was trying to work on. Um, I was like, I really don't know. I don't feel any different. Like, I don't really know what's happening or what's working, but, uh, I did see two people before him though. And then I, like, I, like one guy, he was, he was like the old school. Like there was a couch mm-hmm. and he was, I think he was a psychologist though. Um, but he had the cardigan. Like, it, but, <laughs> And, but it was an appointment toward the end of the day, and the guy's like starting to fall asleep. Oh, he has his pad of paper, like writing stuff down, like this. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I could see, I, I could see the head nod, mm-hmm. the head bob, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm I, I, like, this is." I think he was the first one I saw. And I was like, "This is this is what this is." Like, no, at least stay awake. Glad if, I'm not paying out of pocket for this. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I was like, "Well, this guy's got to go." And then, the, then there was like one of the I saw a lady and. She was a little bit too, uh, I guess the best way, she was too much uh, Vermont flower for me. Mm. Like, it was just like, oh, well, the sunshine and rainbows are here for you. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I think you got to feel, you got you to gotta read the room before you start breaking you that shit. <laughs> you do. Right. Yeah. And always, and always the first, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, the first two sessions or sometimes three sessions or they do an assessment where they try to, you know, get, they talk, they ask a lot of questions about your background. So that's also, I don't know, I think it takes time. I think, you know, I think I've had, especially working with children um, for therapy, I've had a lot of parents say, well, they've, th- my child has been seeing you for, you know, three weeks now and I don't see a difference. <laughs> well, it's not like a magic pill. It's going to take time. And even for a child, it's going to take even longer for someone to feel comfortable. And we use usually use play, mm-hmm. you know, of activities. But the same thing with adults. It's going to – it might take some time 
to get, you know, you got to peel those layers, you know, in the onion, right? You got to peel mm-hmm. those layers and it's going to take some time. Um, well, th- yeah, people want everything to be immediately done now, you know, and you know, it, it's, but it's the same, it's a process, I guess, with. You have to trust it and you yeah. have to keep going. That's my, I always say that's the biggest, one of the biggest suggestion I can give anybody that's thinking about going to therapy or started going to therapy is keep going. You know, even if for the couple few times you've gone, you feel like you don't really know this is working, you know, like I don't really feel like, you know, give it a little more time and then be like, okay, well, I gave it this amount of time and I don't see anything has, you know, because again, you're the one that's doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, you only see the therapist, counselor, once a week, every other week, or once a month, but you spend you spend t- how many t- you spend three hundred and sixty five days twenty four seven within yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's more about the the therapist is there to give you suggestions and kind of like I always say, I always put this as the clients are the ones that are doing the work. I'm on the sideline cheering you on and encouraging mm-hmm. you and giving you suggestions. Do you like a coach? Kind more than more than kind the of, but I also give suggestions and kind of give you a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, have you thought of this way, or you know, like kind of the fork in the road. You know, um, and I have worked with a lot of people that have had trauma and have suffered P- PTSD, and I've done a lot of work on on that part. And especially with trauma, that does going to take a little longer. You know, um, like a lot of it has happened in their childhood. That's coming up now as an adult in their adult relationships. So mm-hmm. there is that a lot of work to go with that. And that takes time and uh, patience. <laughs> I was, I was hoping when I went to therapy, the guy would be just like, you're not smoking enough weed. You should probably get on that more. And that'll solve all your problems. <laughs> I know it would be good for you. Drink more. Right. Like, where's that therapy? Right. It's like, I want to go, go to the, the, the personal trainer, the dietitian. It's like, you know what's missing in your re- regimen? More chocolate. What's that? Yeah. What's that? Pizza and beer. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I'll get How much money do you want? You're hired. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, the, the therapist I, I do go to, though, because one of my issues is flying. And mm-hmm. you talked about that before. I, I am not a big fan of flying. Mostly becomes if I have to use the restroom on the bathroom, that thing is tiny and I don't fit. And so I don't want to be in a plane for very long because I don't want to use the bathroom. But um, one of the things he actually mentioned was now he, he was talking about like a prescription drug, like uh, Xanax or something. Yeah, to help to, you get through it. Just, it, yeah. it. It'll just it, not knock you out, but it'll make you happy on the flight. Yeah. More or less. Um and I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I think we're going somewhere in a, about the end of May for a wedding without the kids. So this is going to be our trial run on a plane because the, the flight's only an hour and 25 minutes. It's up, mm. you're down. But I'm going to be like, all right, let me let me pop this pill. Dude, with, with, without the kids, you'd probably just flap your wings and fly there yourself. <laughs> you'd be so like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, you want me to get on that, on that Cessna 172? I'm there. I'll pee in a bucket. I don't care. <laughs> well, like, I'm, I'm really weirded out by prescription drugs like we we talked about this before that and i don't think you've watched it yet but you might have that that show dope sick yes good show great show it but very but sad it, it creeps yeah. me out like, because i watched it just as i was getting prescribed the xanax mm-hmm. and not that xanax is the same as opioids but it, the benzos 
mm-hmm. have a very similar uh, addiction the family, panel. The same little family, yeah. So, and it, what the concern for me was, was that it wasn't so much how it was when they were on it. It was how hard it was for them to get off it. And with the opioids in particular, but the benzos did the same thing where it alters your brain to the point where, like, you can't just go. It's not going to, like, I think they said you have to go on, for opioids, it was like you had to go on methadone. Yes. And you couldn't get off methadone. And then then they came out with Suboxone. Mm-hmm. And I guess Suboxone, like, the example they showed was someone took it for two years and then they started to wean off of it. That's still a two-year-plus recovery process. Oh, there's so a lot I'm of... freaked out. Yeah, the there's a... If I take this thing... There's a lot of people that are on methadone or suboxone for years and years, and that's their journey. That's where they they need that. In the, in the world of addictions and people that are in recovery, there's a lot of that um, going back and forth. Some people feel that if you're on, you know, maintenance, you're not clean. Some people feel that they are because it's not they're getting they're not getting that drugs off the street, but they still can get get it off the street. Mm-hmm. So there is that there is so much back and forth on some people believe it, some people don't. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of where they come from. They go, you know, from medi- you know medication, pain medication. They get addicted to that, and then they can't, it's too expensive. Then they go to the you know the street drug. You know, and and I feel like that's where it starts, but it's um it's very quickly to get um even like someone that is has had you know ADHD and they're you know they take Adderall mm-hmm. that withdrawal is like going off any other withdrawal that's painful. Yeah, you know, it it looked like just a horrific time to get off of it. And that, like, the weird part is, is that I think with opioids, it wasn't like they got a high from it. It was just that they were taking it to not have the withdrawal. Yeah. They like, get dependent. Like, yeah. you know, where they, they, yeah, they don't want to experience that withdrawal. They don't want to be sick. You know, same thing with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people that have to have, they don't like the, they don't even like the taste of alcohol. But they need it to continue to be able to function during their day. So they would have a, you know, vodka before they go to work in the morning and, and they would actually have it within their, their day. And there will be, you know, what, what people have called functioning yeah. addicts. Yeah. So, they, yeah, cause, so in order just to not feel sick and hungover, they got to yeah. be drunk. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> all these people working at home, it's probably really easy to just – because I remember when I first was able to work at home, it was it – was, uh, you'd be like, hmm. I'm at home. Like I'm looking at all my like. Wait, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then when everything was shut down. And know. I think the rates of, and I've, doing what I've been doing, I've seen more overdose, suicide. Um, the also, the intimate partner violence has increased drastically because they don't know where, they have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And their well, and, partner and, is right there. And I, I think people need to spend time away from one another. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, and like I'd play with one friend all the time. Then we'd fight, and my mother would be like, "You guys have spent. You guys need to not play together today. You need to have a break." Yeah. And I think people get the same way. We're like, you know, you go here for eight hours, and you go here for eight, and come back and talk you about. You get your... to miss each other. You get yeah. to experience yeah, rather... life without that other person. And then if you add, 
you know, now I was, you know, I was fortunate. Like I, I was in no, you know, I wasn't worried that, you know, my work was going to close and I was going to be out of a job. Um, I was essential. So I was pretty much, I was in every day. Mm -hmm. So like when I was driving to work, I'm watching my, when the pandemic first started, I'm watching my neighbors like, like tie one on at 11 o'clock in the morning (laughs) in their driveway. Like, yeah, have a few guys. (laughs) But, um, you know, when you'd see, but if you're taking that stress of, and then initially people thought they were actually going to die. Yeah. You know, when it first started, it was like, oh, man, there's going to be bodies piled up in the street. Or are we going to have mm-hmm. to, like, oh, right? Because everyone kept invoking, oh, it's going to be the Spanish flu. Yeah. Or it's going to be, um, what was that? Smallpox. Yeah. yeah. Like, am I going to have to start buying ammunition? A lot of people did. You know, when you had people loading up on ammunition and non-perishable goods, you're thinking, is this, like, this is it. Like, well, we're thinking, like, cargo container, like, refrigerated cargo containers so they could put all the bodies in them. There were rumors going around that they were, using, that they were going to be using ice rinks as morgues because mm-hmm. you just... You that nowhere else to ice. go. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's cold. I can't believe that didn't freak more people out, to yeah. be honest with you. But then you have that stress, and then, but then as it went on and it wore on and on and on, I can see mm-hmm. where, but there was another there was another negative aspect of it where because kids weren't in school, that abuse wasn't being detected. Right. So kids who were being abused, it wasn't being picked up on no. because here they are. Because everyone, I used to work for the state, and I worked in the child welfare you know, unit, our busiest time for, especially for Child Protective Services, CPS, was in September. In August, September was when the children went back to school, mm-hmm. was their busiest time. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were, right? yeah, yeah, because they were home all summer, and then and then that's when they were able to see what's going on in the home. So, right. yeah, it's definitely, that has increased. Like, I've talked to, you know, old co- co-workers and colleagues that I used to work with and they said that right now like with everything going on their numbers have also increased mm-hmm. in the foster care system um so it's just it 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 has a lot of those factors have increased across the board um with a lot of fact you know with when we talk about mental health and how it's affecting you know everyone in in one you know either you've experienced it or you know someone that has experienced some kind of mental health yeah. illness yeah so, and the, the suicide numbers are going went up so hot they, yes they went up a lot yeah. especially with the, the teens mm-hmm. yes and, uh, homeless wasn't wasn't the largest percentage increase though in the uh in the girl teens what, girl what, boot yeah or Young women, I guess, yeah, they should call it. But I, I guess, like a lot of it, that's where a bigger boon was in in the suicide, which is scary. I mean, especially if you can't do anything about it. I mean, part of it, part of it's got to do with social media. Now, I mean, think about it. And we had talked about this. Social media, I think, drives a lot of suicide. Just cyber bullying. Well, that yeah, yeah it, it, and, and there's no escape it, from it, right? No. And and now think of it this way: rather than the kid going to school and possibly seeing that other person who's bullying them or confronting them, or it, it, the bully for that matter, doesn't see the victim, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't see the effect it has on them, so they keep going and they push it and they push the boundary and they push the boundary, and that probably broke a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And right, I mean, I, I understand why. It's a social media. What's the what's the old saying for almost saying it's one heck of a drug? Yeah, yeah. It is. and that's what it is. I mean, it's a drug, and and we're pretty much like giving it to kids. Like, there's a reason why you can't drink until you're 21, right? 
Um, and now when the, 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 the discussion of in Maryland, it's coming up for, it's going to be put before the legislature, recreational marijuana, the age is going to be 21 for that. And there's a reason for that. It's like, because you're, as some would argue, even 25, like your brain's not fully developed, especially in men until you're 25. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it comes from, you know, when you look at that, there's a reason we don't let kids have these chemicals, mind altering chemicals until they get to a certain age because it does have an effect. They're not responsible enough to use it yet. Well, now we're just going to give them this essentially like this mainline dopamine hit constantly that they can never turn off. And then when it goes bad, they, there's no escape from it. And we're adults. We can say, and I think, you know, we're all over the age where, you know, like our freshman year of high school, we wrote a, a paper using um, using an encyclopedia and actual books. Our freshman year of college, we were writing it using Wikipedia. So it's yeah. completely different or just straight plagiarizing. Well, just like, how you, in, cases, like but, how you communicate with each other. Like everything is through like texting, right. you know, you know, a lot of or phone, you know, now when you think about it, not a lot of people are really talking, you know, how many times are you in a room full of people and how many people are actually on their phone, not interacting with each other, right. but actually playing with their phone or texting or, you know, doing, you know, going on Facebook. Like, so I think that also is a factor too the lack of the communication interaction that we have nowadays because of social media. And we had, we had always talked about, well, I think we did an episode on when did we, when did we think we would let our kids on social media? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did the the one like the stupid <laughs> stuff the kids watch. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand some <laughs> of the stuff. TikTok is invented yes. by the devil. Well, so I think it's funny some of it though. <laughs> so for me though, some of it isn't really social media. For me, like some people say, YouTube is social media. I don't think YouTube. I loved media. YouTube. So for me, YouTube, unless you're on the comments typing stuff, it's not social media. It's just a way to watch video. Yes. Yeah. Um, someone could say TikTok is the same way, but TikTok to me is different. Instagram is different for me too. I don't as 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 the days go by, and I keep hearing more, and you get more educated on the dangers of social media. I'm more apt to do what my brother did, which was the kids don't get it; mm -hmm. they don't get to be on social media. Now he gave them phones to text, but he monitored the phones and yeah. said. You're not creating Facebook accounts. You're not creating none of that stuff. You can't create any of it. But he gave it to like he gave them a phone so they could text, and but he also tracked their phone mm -hmm. so they knew like if I go somewhere stupid, mm -hmm. my dad's gonna know. Yeah. Now I don't know if I want to go that far because I don't know if that like erodes trust between the kid and the parent. But um, as the days go on and the more I hear about social media. The, the less likely I won't, I'm going to be to let my kids be on it. Now, to the point you made before, though, does that make a kid like a pariah, basically? Yeah. like Are they that kid? Yeah. Because you know, like, I'm an adult, and I'm that guy that doesn't have Facebook. And I don't he care. He used to have Facebook. I did. Used to have it. But then to. I gave it up for Lent. So <laughs> many, many years ago, best thing I've ever done. But like, I, gave, like, I, I said, hey, I'm... I'm done with it, and I just, and I, I realized I didn't need it. But I'm again, we grew up before, like, yeah. when you have to call, you want to call someone on the phone, you went home oh, and yeah. you picked up the yeah. phone on the cord, and you yeah. actually. You got mail, and you couldn't use your yeah. phone. And I remember my sister and I only had an hour, you know, before, when we got home for school to go on AOL and be able to do instant messenger, because if not, 
no one could get in touch. No one can use yeah. the you know the landline phone. And and I remember my <laughs> sister and I would fight over who gets to go on instant you know instant messenger <laughs> AOL. You got mail yeah. with the little part, so, the little thing come up. I never got on those things until college. <sighs> college was the first my real interaction with the internet. Well, I remember, like, I think it was my sophomore year in college is when Facebook came in, came about, and it was only for college, colleges. You had to have a dot yeah, edu you email had to, address. They yes. kept having an invite, too? Yeah, and then Somewhere. when you registered, it had to be a dot edu uh, Yep. That you were in a college, you had to have all that. And I remember, like, how my friends and I were so excited. We went to try to find a good picture to put on our profile. You also had MySpace, too. <laughs> what about a, what a marketing scheme that was. <sighs> How do you get everyone to want to be on your platform? You make it invite only. Yeah. yeah. You make it exclusive. Yeah. And they did that, and everybody wanted... It was like Gmail. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted that Gmail invite, because originally Gmail was only by invite. That's true. And and I think they... I think what they did was they ended up giving out, like, each... Every once in a while, each user would get, like, five invites. And so, hey, man, can I get an invite? Can I get Gmail? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was clamoring for an an email app. That's not like really. I never understood the whole like poke per, poke. Yeah, what was that? I never understood. I was Facebook. Ooh, you poked yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? What was that about? What it was, was the it was like point to say of that? Hi. It was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, remember me? I don't remember I, you. Yeah. Remember me? <laughs> yeah. No, that. Yeah, I you know, I, I kind of remember. I remember those, seeing it. Yeah. My, like the poking. Yeah. I. Poke, oh, you poked like. me. Oh, I so I have to poke you right. back? <laughs> like, well, and then you get the weird, it's like someone just pokes you and then they don't message you? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, what'd you poke me for? What do you yeah. want? <laughs> um, yeah, that was, was all meta. But I must Ugh. say, like, social media, I think, in, in other aspects have been beneficial. Like, for example, and I know this is completely going left field. Maybe not. You fit in but, just fine here. If you're but <laughs> online dating. Yeah. You know, with everything so going, wife. you know, that most people do, mm-hmm. right? Nowadays, so, people are not really going to the bars and meeting so people we, through the through those. So I remember in college, one of our buddies met some girl on the internet, and we made fun of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you loser. Like there was Craig's a stigma list? to it. Yeah. There was yeah. Craigslist. They actually have a dating yeah. app. Yeah. On, Craigslist had a, a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, they had a lot of things. <laughs> they, had a, they had a lot of, that, what was it? Uh, it was... Uh, X4X, or it was the F4M, M4M, yeah, yeah, F4F, MF, yeah, and then M- there was, uh, then there was MM4, MM4MM, they had every combination yeah. <laughs> in there that you wanted, and then, oh, well, damn. then there was Backpage, that was a little bit different, <laughs> now there's OnlyFans, so. now there's OnlyFans, only <laughs> but I mean with everything going on, like that was... You know, I'm a single person, and that was my way of, you know, even if I wasn't able to meet them in person, I still was able to maybe start getting to know that person, you mm, know, yeah. through phone, email, FaceTime, you know, during the time where you can't talk to anybody, you can't yeah. see anybody, you know. Yeah, I, so there's been a, they've probably been around forever. We just call them losers. Now they have a name. Um, and I, there's probably a mental health aspect to this. The uh, have you heard of an incel? The incel. I've heard the word. I don't know I've what it heard means. Of it. Okay, incel means involuntarily celibate. Oh, so they're dudes that are essentially like 
they can't be girlfriends. They call they've labeled themselves incels, and they're like complete. It's just they're full of rage. Is that and, what the old devout Catholic kids were? I guess, but these are like, do, but no, they were doing it because they were being told from on high. These are the eyes are just like they sit in their basement and don't shower, and then they wonder why they can't meet anybody. Personal like, choice without the outside influence. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> at least before, but they're full of rage, and then it, it seems like there's so much anger and just pent up rage and aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, now and since the the I mean, that you know, since be, 2020, that could been, be a lot of. You know, but that also could be that fear of rejection and that yeah. fear of just. But see, I think it's easier being for in them, their own head. It's probably staying. easier for them to just stay yeah. at home and play video games. Yeah. Or it's, what? What if it's just the people? Like everyone wants a group, right? Well, if there's no group for you, like if if you're involuntarily celibate, basically, I mean. You you can't ex- not that I'm not that I was Joe Cool back in the day. It was basically hey, you can't get laid. Yeah. And well, I know there are other people out there that can't get laid because I'm talking to them on the Xbox. So <laughs> we're all together. <laughs> why why don't I create a Reddit forum and I'll call it in- and I'll I'll give it a name and I'll call it incels. Yeah. And that's gonna be my new group of friends. And now they're yeah. Now they have an identity. Right. And right, that's right. and that's, I think that's hmm. a beautiful thing when you can find your people. Whatever, whoever they are. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, and that if let's say there's 30 guys in that group, like, hey, we found a group of people, and then the one girl wants to call herself an incel. She gets in the group, and all 30 of those you guys try to fight, try to try to try to, 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 to get girl. You're basically trying to get out of the group. <laughs> You're like, nope, I'm out. That's hey, you want to get out too? <laughs> nope, just kidding. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they always had a name. They're called losers. <laughs> like that was. I guess they weren't cohesive. They weren't united under one front. <laughs> so, um, what what would you? So, now that we've really beaten off, let's try to get back on. How somehow we got the incels? Yeah, yeah. Right. See, that's those how this are important works. things, though. Those yeah. are. I important thought we were going topics. to ice cream. We went to incels. Yeah. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So, so if anyone's out, you know, as you're in the profession, and you know, this might be as simple like Google it, dumb dumb. But it might not be that simple. Like, someone who's, okay, I need help. I need to talk to somebody. What would you say is is the the best, any resources that they could go to, to find? Because they might not feel comfortable being like, hey, man, do you see a therapist? Who do you go to? Like, Yeah, there, I think it's, and I think that it's like a, I think a lot of times it's like the elephant in the room mm-hmm. that I think more, I think... You know, I don't think there's enough discussion around mental health and going to therapy and how that what that looks like. And um, because I do think that it's it's like a kind of a a secret Mm -hmm. in some aspects. Um, But I think there's many there there are many different ways on getting help. Um, You you know, there's for the first one is is to go through your insurance is to usually in the back of your insurance car, there's also, there's always a mental health um, number that you can call. Um, But not everyone likes to go through their insurance, you know, especially if it's something they don't want their insurance company to know about it or if it's a job concern or or something. Um, There are other avenues you can go to. It's called um, betterhealth.com, which is all, again, telehealth, um, some people, um, you can pay out of pocket sliding sale, you know, sliding scale. 
Um, so it's really based on what you can afford. Um, you can also go um, to, you can call your local health department, whatever county you're from, and most of them do have mental health therapists through their health department. Um, you can also call um, United Way, mm -hmm. um, which they are a, you really can call them for really anything. And they can also, you can, they're a case manager, operator type situation where you can call them and you can say, I'm looking for a therapist and they'll ask you for your zip code and then they'll find people um, in your area. Um, that's where the internet does come in. You can also, um, whatever therapist you're looking for, you can click on psycho, psych, psychological, psycho, psychological today. Um, dot com and you can also find um, if you're looking for a couples counselor therapist um, just a you know therapist um, and they'll also give you a list of um, different types of therapists they'll give you the name they'll give them a little bit summary of what they're specialized in their location how are they accepting new clients what insurance they cover what different topics that they cover, you know, there's different types of therapists that have specialized in different areas. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's many different ways, but again, it's, you know, and also if you feel comfortable talking to your primary doctor, that's also a good way to say, you know, I'm feeling this way. Do you have any recomm recommendations for any um, therapists that you might know, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and also, a lot of times if you are feeling having that anxiety, you know, you're having those those feelings you never felt before, talking to your primary doctor um, could be something definitely to look into because um, some primary doctors can prescribe you for antidepressives or some kind of medication or also refer you, you know, to um, someone that can also um, talk to you about um, – medication um because i feel like it's a, um the piece of the puzzle you mm -hmm. know um it's w your way of life it's not just going to see a therapist getting on medication it's just how you how you live how you how are you sleeping how are you what are you eating are you exercising what do you do for your you know i'm a big fan of self-care what do you do mm -hmm. for yourself you know because i think we play so many different parts and we live in a stressful life and you know, um, busy life. So it's important to take time for yourself. Well, I like to use the, the, uh, oxygen mask theory. Yes. So when you fly yeah, and they give you the pre flight briefing, they say to put your own oxygen mask on before you, can't, you put, you can't take care of kids else. on. And when I was a kid, I said, well, that's messed up. Like they should put mine on first. Yeah. And I was like, no, if no dad doesn't get his on, yeah, yours doesn't get on either. <laughs> And you're both yeah. gonna... I don't know why I thought this when you said when you first came out with oxygen mask, mm -hmm. I thought you were gonna be talking about like weed and hot boxing. Yeah. yeah, I know where your head is. <laughs> I just I, that's where I thought you were going, but we didn't go that way. No, no, and, no, but, but that we you know, and I always stress that too. If you can't you need to take care of yourself first, and that comes first. Because if you don't take care of yourself, that will affect your relationship, that will affect your job, that'll affect your overall health. Because I think a lot of times mental health is not like physical health where if you have a break, if you have a broke arm, you go to the doctor and you get a cast on. Mm -hmm. You get a cast, right? And then you go to physical therapy. When you have, if you're 
if you're depressed or you have anxiety or some kind of mental health, you can't fit. People can't physically see that. There's no red. There's no head wrap. For no, that. there isn't. I, mean, I tried. You know, it didn't you work. Can't, you can't put that on your forehead. <laughs> I tried to do the compression you know? wrap on my, <laughs> on my head. And it, my head's broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I think it's funny, like, you know, because there's the stigma involved with it. And especially as dudes, like, you know, we're, we're told to, you know, boys don't cry. And, mm-hmm. You know, you have to be stoic. Uh, you have to be tough. Um, you know, you have like bury your emotions deep down inside where they belong. And then there's also cultural aspects like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're from, you know, if you're from, uh, you know, any sort of Anglo-Saxon area, mm-hmm. Ireland, England, Scotland, like that's what, bury it down. Don't talk about it. It was the old, nobody's going to do anything for you. Yeah. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Move forward. Yeah, keep keep it moving. Or you don't talk about your dirty laundry. Yeah, right. outside of your home, like keep it in. Don't. Yeah, and then you know. and then you know the the stigma. But you know it's a it's a weird thing. Like your head is the most your brain is a very important part of your body. Kind of probably the most important. But if I came to you and said, "Hey, you know, I I think I'm having chest pain. Like, and I got this tingling in my arm. Like, well, hey, dum dum, go to the doctor. Yeah, but if you're if you're talking about how you're feeling. Yeah, then like it's emotionally, it's kind of like suck it up. Like yeah. go, you know. Oh, you feel sad. Go, go, yeah. Go, t- go yeah. take a walk. Go outside. You know, yeah. like you know. But I must say, like in the last couple, I should say the last five years that I've been doing this, I've seen more men coming in for therapy. Actually, my caseload that I have right now, I have more men on my caseload than women. So I don't know if it's just that people are talking more about it or if it's affecting their job that they're coming yeah, in or, the judge. or their relationship. <laughs> That's probably after over the yeah. last year. <laughs> the men probably saw that they were about 10 times more likely to get murdered by the wife. So the wife's like, look, so, I got my therapy. I'm about to yeah, murder you. So yeah. and, the man, wanna... and the guy's probably like, you know what? I'm going to go to therapy. <laughs> I'm going to work this out. And you can put the knife back in the butcher block. Yeah. Uh, but we've, we hate to cut cut it short. But we're we're right around our hour limit, and uh, but we appreciate you coming out. Thank, thank you, you so much. I had I had a great time, and um, thank you very much for having me. For anyone that needs services, uh, just rewind a little bit. Stephanie gave out some good resources for finding mental health. Uh, also, don't forget to protect your identity, private internet access. Uh, the link is at dumbideapodcast.com on the right hand side. Get yourself a VPN under two fifty a month. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, and we will see you next time.